are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Yeah, Lord. I want us to do something. You know, there are times um, I want to share tonight about the spirit of revelation. Holy Spirit is, he's, he is the spirit of revelation, okay? So he reveals things to us. He's the revealer of truth. He'll lead us into all truth. And um, I'm going to ask you guys to hang out for a second here. There's that tune that um, you did, uh, you are good, you are good, blah, 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 blah. You know that one, right? Uh, there was oil on that. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there was a, we need to recognize when, when God starts to kind of settle in on something, right? And uh, I really believe that he wants to um, release revelation as these guys do this song again, okay? And here's the deal. Um, God never reveals something to you that he doesn't want you to have, okay? So he doesn't reveal... Revelation always brings manifestation. So if he reveals something to you, there might be a bit of a gap, but he always is calling it into manifestation, you know. You can know about something. Here's a sad thing. You can know about something up here, but until it drops in here, it doesn't become revelation. And when it drops in here, when, when it's like, boom, the light comes on, it's like, yes. Shortly thereafter, God wants to bring what's been revealed into a manifested state, okay? If you're married here tonight, and you love your wife here, but yet there's no chemistry here, there's a good chance things aren't going to be very, very intimate. Ha, ha, ha. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I, honey, I just love you with all my mind. I really love you with all my mind. No, 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 no. He's a heart God. Okay, it says, love the Lord your God with all your, and your, yeah, you guys know it, and your, and your mind, and your soul, and all your strength, right? But he's a heart God, he's a heart first, heart first, and yet we always try to do this, we always try to do this where it's like when I understand things, or when I can get my, when I can wrap my head around that, then I'm going to really jump into that. It doesn't work that way with God. You got to get it here before you get it here. You can, and, and, and well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, I'll save some of that. I'm not really preaching this, but I'm going to kind of preach this. But I really feel, though, that we need to learn to recognize when he's speaking to our heart by revelation, when, when the Holy Spirit of revelation is revealing things to us. And what will happen is he'll take you from, I knew that, but then now all of a sudden, whoa, I'm experiencing that. And it's a whole different ballgame. It's like the difference between the difference um, between believing that I believe God can save, but then when I have the revelation that He's actually saved me, it changes everything. I believe that He can heal, but then when I have the revelation that He's my healer, like I've actually experienced His healing touch, it changes the whole game. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, so there's that difference. And I, and I really believe God wants to shift th- some things tonight in us. Um, and uh, he's really going to light us up. Like he's really going to bring illumination and revelation, which will lead to a manifestation 
of what we're believing for, you know. And so um, I'm excited about it. But what I want us to do, I like to encourage our crew, pull on heaven tonight. Like, pull on heaven. By faith, you know, Jesus said, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is near. The kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. That means, and what I get our crew to do is I go, why don't you just reach up right now by faith into that invisible realm, the kingdom of heaven, and just by faith take hold of what it is you're believing for. Just by faith, and just pull it down by faith. I have a good friend who did this. <laughs> it's funny. He has this ministry there out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, they had... Um, uh, they, they, were, they needed a building. Their building lease was coming up. The guy was going to sell the building, but he gave them first right of refusal. And he says, you've got to buy the building if you want it. All their stuff isn't and everything else. They've been renting it for, leasing it for a few years. The Lord spoke to his heart, and he said, I'm going to give you this building. Tell the guy, that the, the, the owner, that I'm going, to get, I'm going to give you this building. So he went to the owner, and the owner is a uh, non-believing Jew. Okay? He's Jewish, but he's not a practicing Jew. Okay? So my friend went to him, and he said, I forget his name. He said, you know, so-and-so, um, the God that is your God, but you don't believe in him, and my God, Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, uh, is going to provide for us to buy this building off you. And there was a three-month window, three- or six-month window, which was a short window to get $1.4 million. And uh, he said, he's going to provide for, you know. And he says, oh, okay, all right, good. So anyway, he went to the Lord, and he said, okay, Lord, you told me you were going to provide. How are you going to provide? And by revelation, he just said, I'm going to provide for you, almost like with David, you know, the same way you killed the bear, the same way you killed the lion, I'm going to, I'm going to slay this giant. And um, you see, he knew the weapons at his disposal. He knew that because he used them and practiced them. He said, the same way you get anywhere with me, out of the intimacy with me, I'm going to provide for you. So he said, just go to the secret place. He's like, well, God, are you serious? Like, Shouldn't I be doing some proactive things? So he actually went to a few banks and stuff, got rejected, rejected, rejected. And he said, uh, no, I want you to go to the secret place. So he went to the secret place. And in the middle of all that, there was a great need by another friend in uh, Mozambique, Heidi Baker. You, many of you heard of her probably. And um, so they went over to Heidi's to provide food and a, a bunch of stuff that she had in Pemba that they needed some disaster relief and whatnot. So they go over there, and they took money and everything else. Now they're even in a worse position, right, in the natural. And uh, he's flying back, and the Lord spoke to his heart again and just said, just grab it in the, in the secret place. So he just began to wait on the Lord, and he said, by faith right now, Lord, I just reach into the unseen realm. I believe you've put this in our heart, and I just pull it down by faith right now. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe it is the will of God in heaven that we would occupy this building and use this for ministry center. So by faith now, I just take that which is in heaven and bring it into the earthly realm. Just like that, in Jesus' name. He gets back, he gets a phone call, and um, there was an anonymous donation given, and uh, there was a note attached to it that said, you know, you can use this however you like, it written out to the, to the to church and whatnot. And the first part was, I don't know, 1.2 million or something like this, and then they needed another 70 or 80,000 for some different things they had to do yet. And he said, um, oh, that's easy. I can just put it on my line of credit. Even personally, I can handle that. You know, it's not a big deal. And uh, God rebuked him and just said, hey, listen, you're going to get that the same way you got the other. Just go to the secret place. 
And so he just began to wait on the Lord. And he had revelation of it here, and then it manifested here just because of that connection, that intimacy. Revelation will lead you to manifestation. So then he went, when he went to the Lord, and instead of uh, waiting on him to get his uh, 80,000, 70 or 80,000, uh, I think there was closer to 200,000 that came in. So they had extra over and above, you know. But it's a powerful story. I think Charisma now carried it, and it's come out all over the place. And, and it's a wild story. But it's, it's that whole thing when God reveals something to you right here, He wants to reveal it right here. Like He doesn't reveal to you something that He doesn't want you to have, okay? And so there's revelation here tonight. There just is. There could be six of us here or there could be 600,000 of us here. It doesn't matter. He still wants to reveal what He wants to reveal. And uh, let's do this if you don't mind. Actually, you can remain seated if you want or you can stand, whatever you want. But I want you just to, we just, Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. We know you're here, but you're coming. And we, by faith right now, reach into that unseen realm. And we just pull down everything that we need. For some, they need a, uh, a healing. They really do. There's a, there's, there are people here that have some issues in their body, and they need healing in Jesus' name. Well, what's your will concerning healing? Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if it is in heaven, we believe it needs to be on earth. And if it isn't in heaven, then it shouldn't be on earth. So we just say that right now. We partner with that. We believe there is all healing in heaven. And so we just by faith reach in and take that. Some need uh, a real breakthrough financially. By faith right now in Jesus' name. We know that you have everything that we need. And you'll supply our need, not according to our need, but according to your riches and glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some need a real breakthrough in their family. There's like a, there's like a family, um, not a feud, but almost like a feud going on. Uh, a, little, a real butting of heads. And you haven't talked to that person for months and months and months. And uh, God's saying, I want to release forgiveness and grace there to bridge that. And then there's some that just need a revelation of who God is. You know Him in your mind, but He really, really wants you to know Him in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So why just pull on heaven right now? Lord, just release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of You. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Holy Spirit who is wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that we might know you more. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do that, that tune then. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, that nice pad deal thing going too and stuff. Do it all, man. There's oil on it. Just pull on heaven. Just Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm believing, Lord, that what I'm singing about, you're going to reveal to me. I'm going to embody what you're... Your peace, you 
tonight church
I just drink you in, Lord. I drink deeply of you right now by faith. Ah, more, 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 more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, keep going. That's good. I'm just waiting on the Lord here for something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i 
to, um, if, what's your name? Melanie? Oh, that's my wife's name. Why don't you come on down here, Melanie, and what's your name? Sorry? Shane. Can you guys just come on up? You guys are your family, right? Yeah, I thought so from before. Come on up here. I just want to pray over you guys if that's cool. Um, yeah. Pastor, why don't you come and come on up. I don't know if Lance wants to come or not, but you might as well come and join us here. I know that uh, you guys are a neat crew. Like, I just bless you in Jesus' name. You're not a crew? Well, okay, a neat family. How's that? Yeah, that's cool. What's your name? Micah. Oh, and Leah? Cool. You guys are awesome. And uh, I know you know God's hands on your life and stuff, but it's wild. The path that's, pardon me? He is, isn't he? <laughs> These guys just got it, eh? Yeah, totally. You're one with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. But listen, I, I just want to say this. It doesn't have to take a long time, but your paths have been really neat because it was like um, kind of a weird weird paths that brought you together. Uh, you got together. and um, But where you're going is really cool. I just felt like the Lord said you need to renew your passports if they're not current and up to date. But um, there's some mission stuff that's on your life, which is kind of neat. Uh, don't worry about like uh, preaching. It's more your life than it is your word that God's going to really use and stuff. So that's kind of cool, I felt. But um, And there is, these kids are really going to walk in revelation. Like God's going to reveal stuff, and, and there's a real prophetic touch on Micah, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a neat prophetic name, eh, Prophet Micah? But, uh, um, so he's going to get words, and she's going to have dreams. She's going to be a real dreamer, visionary, dream lots. Start listening to what she's saying. I know you already listened, but, but, and I feel like tonight, especially in you, Melanie, God wants to just touch you. He wants, it's like, uh, like a fresh baptism, you know, a fresh baptism where it's like you're ministering to the Lord, you're a worshiper, and he wants to take you to a place where you're going to walk in the revelation of I am seated with him in heavenly places, and it's like you're just going to partner with heaven what's happening in the throne room in worship, and it's sometimes you get frustrated because you can't express everything that's in your heart to express and to sing and to praise and to worship and stuff, and sometimes it's like you feel like, man, I just feel so bound to earth, like, let me go. Come on. You know? And um, I feel like God just wants you to release a sore in you tonight in Jesus' name. So I just release that over Melanie right now, Father. More. 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 Yeah. More. everything, um, just breaking off every mindset and, and breaking off the opinion of man, you know, what'll this look like, what'll it sound like, what do people think of this, what'll, I just break that off in Jesus' name, I just break that off in Jesus' name, I just break that off, yeah, you're a good man, God wants you to know, Shane, you're a good man, like, you're a good man, you're totally a good man, yeah, and, and um, you don't need to be so hard on yourself. 
Don't, don't beat yourself up, you know, okay? You're such a good man. You're a good man. And Lord, I just pray that, that you would just, just show him how much you love him, God, more and more and more. And uh, yeah, just walk in the revelation of that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Do you guys have anything you want to share with me tonight at all? Or you jump in on anything at all? Or? Does this make sense, what we're talking about? So this, this thing, this baptism, this fresh baptism, um, when you're just locked away, feel free to get carried away. When you're alone, you guys are alone, whatever, like feel free, feel free to explore God. Like absolutely feel free. Don't be scared of, of you know, well, hey, am I getting into error here? Is this Is this like... What, what about this? Like, I'm telling you what, if you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you can just dive. He's got things that he, he wants to show you and reveal to you. And uh, it's just going to happen. It's so good. But I know you're watching your kids and stuff, but that's okay. God on you. Bless you guys. Can I give you some, some love? Oh, bless these guys. Yeah, Lord. Just totally rock them in it, Father, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Bless you guys. Yeah. Hmm. You can be seated tonight. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. If you stayed and um, I, I wear people out, so I'm not going to wear you out. Like in terms of the, you know, musicians and stuff. Eh? It's like they just stay up there. Bring me a minstrel that I may prophesy. Eh? <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. So I want us to look at something tonight. We I kind of alluded to it, but go to, go with me to Ephesians chapter one. Is there a kids thing going on tonight? Like are kids out somewhere with the kids program or no? Oh, okay, so I don't have to be worried about like, oh no, I'm going to wear out kids workers and stuff. I always wear that, eh? You get to be such, such a great time in a place like this. And in the meantime, there are people in the back saying, what's going on in there? Come on, aren't the parents going to pick up their kids, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go to verse number 17, okay? Paul's praying for this church the Ephesians here. Um, hmm. Yep. Yeah. says this, says, uh, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the deep insights into the mysteries of him, that you would know him. I pray that you would Grant unto us, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of you. That the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. That the light would come on. That you'd reveal to us the hope to which you've called us. The hope of your calling. That you'd reveal that. And you'd also reveal, Lord, uh, in us, Father, the glorious inheritance in the saints. That we're in this together. We have a family that we're with together in the kingdom. And we need one another. And Lord, that through that we would be able to partake and grab hold of, grasp hold of the, the um, surpassing greatness of your power 
your dunamis, your dynamite, dynamic power that was demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead and sat him at your right hand, Father, high above every principality, power, every ruler, every, everything in this age and in the age to come. Lord, I just pray that you would give us a revelation of that tonight. Just as Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that we pray that for us here in Cold Lake tonight, Lord. Grant unto us, just release in here the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Yeah. Come on. Just pull on. Keep pulling on heaven. Don't disengage. Like, really, just not in a striving way, but you put your faith behind it, okay? You take hold of what you put your faith behind. If you put your faith behind something even negative, you can take hold of it, and it'll take hold of you. Put yourself faith behind something positive. Put behind God, behind what He's got for you. God, I want you to reveal things to me. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you. I, want to, I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. I want to know you more. Yeah. Yeah. The Israelites knew His acts. Moses knew his ways. I want to know your ways, God. I don't just want to see your activity and know how good it is to see what you do. I want to know your ways. I want to know you, Lord. Mm. Come on. Yeah. There's an interesting thing here. I read this scripture. Um, I read this scripture for uh, years and years and years. Never preached on it, never taught on it. And then I started praying it, and I prayed it daily for about 13 or 14 years. And then one day, the Lord said, okay, I want you to teach on it. And I had never studied it. Like, I'd never unpacked it, you know what I mean, like, into, like, a little deeper level. However, I've been praying it for almost, well, 13 or even more years. Every day I pray this. I wrote in this Bible. I had it in my other Bible, too. But pray this daily. I just wrote I just pray it daily. Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that I would know you more, God. I want to know you more. I want to know the hope to which you've called me. I want to know the inheritance in the saints. I want to know the surpassing greatness of your power that was demonstrated. I'm talking about resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. I want to know that power in my life. I, I, I want to know that. I want to walk in that. I want to walk by revelation. Lord, I want to walk. You see all things. You know all things. I want to walk in that on a daily basis, Lord. I'm praying for that. I'm praying that when I go through life, that I would walk in step and in tune with you so that you would reveal things that you yourself are doing so I could go and do likewise. Jesus modeled this lifestyle of what it meant to live a life under the rulership of Holy Spirit, the spirit of revelation. He modeled it. John 5.19, he says, you guys think this is wild, you know, all this stuff I'm doing, but really it's quite simple. I can't do anything on my own. All I do is, you see, he said, the Father dearly loves the Son. That's a big deal. Identity. Who I am. I'm a son. The father dearly loves his son. I know that the father, my heavenly father, my heavenly daddy, loves me the same way he loves Jesus. John talks about that. The same amount that he loves Jesus, he loves me. Oh, when that became revelation to me, I just about packed up and went home. Like, I mean, I was like blown away. I'm like, are you kidding me? He loves me the same as he loves Jesus? And he loved Jesus before the foundation of the world? Whoa, what a staggering thought. And his heart is to get the world to know that love. Did you know that? Did you know that his main goal wasn't to populate heaven? It wasn't. 
The best thing Jesus could do then, or God could do, would be to get someone saved and then kill him so that he'd just be in heaven. Bam. You know? He actually, he actually, Jesus came to reveal the Father. Let's just lay a little foundation here. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were, were instructed to have dominion. They were instructed to rule and reign and have dominion over everything and expand God's kingdom. Kingdom, where the king has dominion, where the king has rulership, where the king's domain, okay? And so they were called to expand that. And so they, they tended Eden, okay? Now, Eden literally means pleasure and delight. They enjoyed sweet fellowship with the Father. Imagine this. Here's how humanity was created. They were created out of intimacy with the Father, okay? The first thing that Adam would have seen when his eyes opened up was the Father breathing into him. And he <gasps> opened his eyes, and there's this, he had the kiss of the Father. Imagine that intimacy. That's what started it all. And then we know the story that, that um, sin entered. They were deceived. They gave in to sin. And God says, well, I have to have a plan. But if you look in Genesis, somewhere in Genesis 3, in there, thereabouts, latter part, you'll see that it says that they were, they were um, exiled from the garden. They were, they were kicked out of the garden. Okay, they were kicked out of this pleasure and delight. And there was a cherubim with a flaming sword standing at the gate guarding the way to the tree of life. Now, we know that Jesus is the tree of life. We see that. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like um, we are the branches. He is the vine. We are the branches. If we abide in him, we'll bear fruit, right? Okay? We can, we can eat of him, you know. We, can, we, we feast on him. Um, and then Jesus came along, and he said, they were asking about him and whatnot, and Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about getting to the Father. Whoa, really? We know that heaven is included, absolutely, but he's trying to, he's trying to reconcile what was started in the garden. There was a, a cherubim guarding the way, access to that intimate fellowship with the Father, that, that what they enjoyed. And now Jesus says, actually, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the problem is, as many people come to Christ, forgiveness of sin, they repent, they say yes to God, and they say, thank you, Lord, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm born again, oh, good. But they never enter back into the garden originally as, as, as God intended to enjoy sweet fellowship with the Father. They just, they just stay in the gate, in the door. And Jesus says, I am the door. In John 10, you see in John 10, uh, we know that 10.10 says, A thief comes just to kill, steal, steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you have life and life abundantly. But right before that, in verse number 9, Jesus says, I actually am the door. I'm the way to salvation. And you can have salvation through me. And it says you can come, it says, through me, in and out of pasture. That's pretty cool. It's a prophetic picture of the garden. It's a prophetic picture of coming in and out of the garden, you know. You, fo you follow me? There's an invitation that's taking place. Now, this kind of stuff only comes by revelation. He reveals this to you. And he, re he reveals his call to intimacy to you and to me. And there's this prayer here Paul prays, and he says that, that, that the, the, there would, by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, 
we would have a knowledge of him. And that's not talking about a knowledge like a head knowledge. That's talking about knowing in your knower, where it seems in your seamer. You know, that's talking about chemistry. That's chemistry. That's not intellectual knowledge, you know. So he keeps on, he keeps on teaching there and, and, or, or praying there that the eyes of your heart, that it's like the light comes on, you know. You'll know that there are things that happen with, um, with revelation. You know, the, the, you know how it goes. It's like, hey, I remember when I, I grew up in a Christian home, and so, but I was always scared that I would be, my name would be etched out of the book of life, okay? So every time I'd sin, I thought, uh-oh, I'm damned to hell now, you know? And so I'd come home from school. My, my eschatology has changed significantly since then, but I would come home from school, um, and uh, if no one was home, and, and someone was supposed to be home, I thought, my God, for sure the rapture's happened, and I'm go- I didn't make it. I'm serious. I'm like, okay, now I've got to get supplies. i got to, you know, all hell's going to break loose, and I'm going to be here on the earth, and, you know, right? Um, anyone else ever have that thought? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah. Good sister. <laughs> sister Teresa plays something on the keys as we respond. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and so... Uh, if there is a sister Teresa here, I'm not talking to you. But, um, but at this, there was this, this fear, you know, be like, okay, now because I screwed up, I'm not saved. And so surely my name got scratched out. So now I've got to repent. Oh, okay, good. I'm in now again, you know. And it was like this, boom, boom, ping pong, back and forth, over and over and over again. However, then one day the penny dropped. The eyes of my heart became enlightened that I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I'm actually, I'm a son. Then it, then it even went from there to the fact that my identity is a son. I'm a son. Now, this is something that I'm just going to throw out there just to play with your mind a little bit. Um, there's that story in the Bible about the, um, the prodigal, um, what do they call him? The prodigal, oh yeah. He was a prodigal son, right? He was still a son, though, wasn't he? Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Just let that settle. Um. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so good. He adopted us as sons whereby the Holy Spirit through us cries, Abba, Father. We recognize by the Spirit that we're adopted. Biologically, you can have kids that you don't really want. <laughs> you know, I popped out and mom and dad got me. Here I am. Wow! All my glory. Didn't have a choice. You know, I know they love me dearly and it's great. But nobody adopts someone they don't want. Right? So it's that spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there's a, there's, a, there's a rundown here that takes place. First of all, the first thing is, he says, I pray to the Father of glory. That speaks of intimacy and sonship. You know, once you get a revelation of identity and sonship, it's everywhere in Scripture. It just jumps out at you, you know. And it's reminding you over and over and over again. He goes in there and he says, spirit of wisdom and revelation, in the knowledge of him that you would know more. By having the eyes of your heart enlightened, fotizo, like the light came on, like boom, the light bulb hit. Um, that you would have, that you would know, 
the hope of your calling. And that word hope there is a big deal. Or the hope of your calling or the hope of his calling, some translations say, or the hope to which he's called you. The word hope means this. It's the earnest, joyous expectation of good. Isn't that cool? That's a foundational thing, a foundational hope. Hope is expecting joyfully with anticipation that something good is going to happen. That's what hope is. That's what it means there. In light of disappointment, your anchor is hope. In the middle of disappointment, your anchor is hope in Christ. Talks about it over and over again. I'll tell that to someone who's just, you know, lost it all. Or tell someone who just lost a loved one in, in a disease, you know. Tell someone, right, follow what I'm saying? Um, I'm preaching to the choir here. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll show you my scars if you show me yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm preaching to the choir. We've been through the most difficult year of our lives. Most difficult. I mean, like, ridiculous. And the kicker of it is, we enter into things by faith that we feel the Lord speaking to us and revealing to us. And he opens these doors and we get into them. And it's like, yes, God, you see God everywhere, God everywhere, God everywhere. And then the enemy comes along and doesn't like what's happening. So he starts attacking things, right? I don't believe God attacks you. I can't find that in scripture. I, don't, I think Jesus is perfect theology, okay? Jesus never gave someone cancer to teach them something. It says that he healed all. He went about doing good and healing all who were afflicted and were oppressed by the devil, right? And so let's just straighten that out right now, right? Okay, good. So, but the enemy comes, you know, and he likes to steal the seed. He likes to steal the, what God has put in your heart. And there's a, way, there's a battle that goes on. And sometimes you come out on the rough side of the battle, the short end of the stick, you know. And um, that's one of the toughest places to be because it's like, Lord, I trusted you to lead me into this. And I saw your hand in all this. And now here I am. I feel like I'm farther back than I was before. And in the middle of all that, he says, are you going to let the storm outside your life rule your life? Or are you going to anchor in hope, that earnest expectation of good, not needing to understand? You see, people, we always want to understand everything, don't we? Philippians talks about this. He says, with all things, with everything, I want you to make your requests known to God. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And then he goes on and he says, well, first of all, he says, be anxious about nothing, but in all things, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And it says, then the God, uh, then, then God will um, uh, help me out here. He'll guard your, he'll give you, grant unto you the, the peace of, that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So it's peace that passes understanding. It's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ, right? You know that scripture? Kind of butchered it a little bit, but you get the gist of it. Um, but yet we want to understand everything. We have to understand. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? What about this? What about that? But in order to taste his peace that passes our human understanding, we need to give up the right to understand. We're willing to say, God, I'm just going to run into your arms. I'm just going to run into your arms. I'm just going to, I'm going to release this to you because I want to, I don't, I want to release the understanding. My human, I'm going to give that up so I can tap into your peace that passes my understanding. So anyway, hope, what a great word. Anchored in hope, anchored in, in this earnest expectation, joyfully anticipating goodness to come. And then um, keeps on going. He says, it's interesting how this breaks down though. It says, the hope to which he's called you. Okay, so there's this calling that takes place. Everyone's called. 
You're all called. I'm called. You're called. Everyone's called. And you do realize something that your calling, God's heart is that you would function in the strength of your calling. That's what his heart is. We're not all called to look alike, to be alike, to act alike. I used to think that, you know, unity meant uniformity. Unity does not mean uniformity. Unity is best displayed in diversity. Look at the forest. What's more beautiful? You know, a forest, mountain range, or, you know, a subdivision where all the, all the lawns come to the same curb. And what's more beautiful? I mean, those are beautiful too. Oh, they keep the yard really, really nice and whatnot. However, I would sooner gaze upon beauty of a mountain range and forest. And yet there's, there are dead trees in there. There are trees that are fallen over, uprooted, all these different things. But it's beautiful, right? And so there's beauty in diversity, displayed in diversity. It's a picture of the church. Really, it is. And he says, to the hope to which I've called you. So when you say yes to what God's called you to, there's such authority that comes with that. If you're called to be a, sing, uh, a house mom, okay, a stay-at-home mom, what a beautiful calling. That's powerful. You know? You're called to be a stay-at-home dad. Well, I'm not sure. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I figured we have enough redneck in this place we could say that, right? You know? Say that some places. They'd be like, what are you tired of? You know? You could be called. But no, hear me out, though. The calling, of a, the calling of an evangelist to travel the world and preach the gospel in all the nations is 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 a calling from God with an authority from heaven. The calling to be a, a stay-at-home mom is a, is, a, is a calling from God and an authority from heaven to be released in that. We used to elevate so much the calling, you know. Well, they're God's anointed one, you know, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the apostle, like that kind of thing. You know, we, we get that. That's great. We're to honor the gifting others. But listen, we're all in this together. There's an inheritance in the saints and it's not that I have a better anointing than you or a bigger anointing than you. It has to do with a calling. And if I don't live what God has called me to, to do and to be by revelation, if I don't actually step up to that, it's my job to, to, to live at the level of my revelation. It is my job. It's your job to live at the level of your revelation. When God reveals himself as healer to you, that becomes a foundational experience. When he, when he closes the gap between revelation and manifestation, he closes that right up so he reveals it and then it happens like that. That is a foundation whereby you will approach him when you ever, when you ever consider that issue again. So the next time that I have a problem where it, I'm up against something, healing, let's just pick that for example. Now I have a revelation, a firm foundation that says Christ is my healer, okay? He did it before, he can do it again. And now I don't go to battle like this, back down to the level down here that says, oh God, I hope you can do it, I hope you can do it, I hope you can do it. Now I'm at a place where it says, like, you did it before, you can do it again, and you're my healer. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight up to that place where I was before. See, I'm responsible to live up to my level of revelation. So, there's such, but what happens though is when we answer that call, whatever that call might be, maybe it's to business, maybe it's to um, entrepreneurship, you know, you're an entrepreneur or whatever, maybe it's a school teacher, maybe it's a mechanic, maybe it's a pilot, whatever it might be, there's, a, there's an authority that comes when you say yes to his call. He just, he backs you up. He just does. 
I'm called to this. When I'm called to something, come hell or high water, obstacle or not, I'm going to get her done in Jesus' name. Do you know that tenacity that you get when you get it in you? It's like, it's like here. It's like, I'm called to do this. And it's like, I'm going for it. We're going, we're going to do it. How many know what I'm talking about? You find that? Or if it's something that, well, I know that should get done. I know it should get done and I really should do it, you know. Um, but what God's doing in this day, I really believe, is he's, he's causing us to function in the strength of our gifting and our calling. He's asking you to answer your call. He really is. I used to be on this kick where we'd be like, you know, Lord, help me with my weaknesses. Help me in my areas where I'm weak, you know. Help me, and I'd focus on my weaknesses to make them stronger. And um, I'll use the ministry paradigm, for example, you know. Um, But now what we're doing, I mean, our approach, and you can take it or leave it, whatever, I believe there's a team approach that God has where we all need one another. And so where I'm weak, you're strong. You know, this other person may be strong. So I want you and my team. You help me with my weaknesses. I'll focus on my strengths. You focus on your strengths, and together we'll be stronger. Okay? It doesn't mean that we don't work on our weaknesses, okay? Just write it off. But you shouldn't be focused on your weaknesses. You should be focused on your strengths, in my opinion. Okay? Take it or leave it, right? You can, doesn't matter. I won't be insulted. Uh, I do believe, though, that there's, there was a five-fold ministry. There's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, a prophet functions differently than a teacher, okay? But the prophet needs the teacher, and the, the, the apostle needs the... You follow what I'm saying? I think that the whole five-fold thing has somewhat been bastardized in, in Western culture, okay? I really feel it's just been, you know, cut off from what it's supposed to be, um, because we've elevated, oh, they're an apostle, oh, they're a prophet, and we elevate them to this high place. But the last I read that they, they, they're, they're foundational. They're, the foundation, they're in the foundation upon which the church is built, in the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So the foundation's in the bottom, yeah? So if you want to know a true apostle <laughs> or a true prophet, it's one who gets down and says, get on my shoulders and go higher. I want to. I want to equip you to go higher. I want you to go more. I want get get. Come on, get come on. Let's go. You know, get underneath and push. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. We won't even talk about that anymore. <laughs> so, and then he says, so you can understand the hope to which he's called you, or the hope of your calling. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints? Our connection. You know, it's about inheritance. The neat thing about inheritance is we have an inheritance with the saints. So, because we have the same dad. You know, like Lance and I have different moms but the same dad. We do, you know. And so, Shane, it's Shane, right? Yeah, Shane and I have different moms but same dad, you know. Aaron and I, we got the same dad, different moms. But because we have an inheritance, first of all, the thing about inheritance that's really cool is that an inheritance is when you receive something that you didn't have to work for or pay for. You just get it because dad passed it on or mom passed it on. Because your name was in the will. Well, he gave us this whole will right here. The last will and testament. And uh, he gave us this will. And so, and my name is in this will. So everything this will has in it is mine by inheritance. So there are things that are stored up for eternity that by faith, and I can apprehend here right now, by faith, because I'm a son and I have inheritance. Right? And so there also is an inheritance in us, though. Okay? We're... 
you know, that we would see that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light so that we could know and understand the hope to which he's called and, and how rich his glorious inheritance is. My passion is that we would see each person functioning in the strength of their calling and gifting in the kingdom, in the, in the body of Christ. Because as we function in who we're created to be, for years I tried to be somebody that I was never intended to be. Remember the day the Lord said to me, he said, tell the church, why are you trying to become something that I never called you to be? And then he flipped it on me and he said, and too many people are trying to become something they already are. <laughs> you know? And uh, he showed me a picture of, of um, this weaver's loom, you know? And they call it the warp and the whoop of the weaver's loom, the way they pass that thing through there and they're weaving. And I saw this picture of this weaver's loom and I'm looking at it like this. And underneath it, you see all these things. You see the knots, you see the tatters, the frays, and all these different things. And the picture really doesn't look like much of a picture. And I'm looking at it, and, um, and he said, you know, here, th there are many, many colors, you know, and I've called you to be blue. If I've called you to be blue, then be blue. I need you in this picture. Uh, don't try to be red when you're called to be blue. Don't try to be blue when you're called to be red. You follow what I'm saying? And so I, I would find that, though, I'd find myself comparing myself with different people and thinking, yeah, I really want that. Well, that'd be cool to do that. That'd be neat. And then it was like so freeing when God said, no, I made you like this. This is your calling. This is what I've called you to. So just be, right? And you're trying to become something that you already are. You're trying to become a son and have favor, but you already are. And then he took me and I was like this. And he said, if you want to see what's really happening, you want to see the inheritance in the saints, you got to answer the call to come up here. You know, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. Did you hear that? See, revelation, the spirit of revelation will take you from reading a verse like that in Ephesians. You can flip to it if you want later on. Uh, further on, where are we at? Two, three, somewhere in there. Um, he'll take you, though. He'll, he'll, you'll read something and it'll be like, yeah, okay, I understand. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. So I have heaven's perspective on things. Um, oh, wait a minute, that means right now. That doesn't mean I will be seated with him. It means I am actually right now. What does it mean to be blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? I am in Christ Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. But what Revelation does is takes it from here and puts it in here, and all of a sudden you're like this. You're like, whoa, I see things totally differently because I am seated with him in heavenly places. I can actually, there's a heavenly realm that's accessible That would blow your mind. Some of you are looking at me like i got six heads. <laughs> I am seated with him in heavenly places. So the other day, maybe, uh, I guess, what are we now? We're, in, we're already in June. So this is back in April. I began praying and meditating in John chapter 14. And um, I'm in John chapter 14. And my view of... John chapter 14 has always been tied to eternity, not tied to right now. And uh, I think I'm just going to share this with you, if that's okay. I feel like it seems good to me in the Holy Ghost. We're not here to... Uh... Okay. He says this in John chapter 14. Um... Where are you? Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. For in my Father's house there are many dwelling places, or many rooms, many homes. 
I always used to read that, and I always used to think, he's making me a house, you know, a mansion on a hilltop, right? And I said earlier this morning, I said, if your definition of kingdom is tied to an age to come in, in eternally, you know, in eternally this will happen, you'll never see the fulfillment or access of things that he has already for you here and now, if it's always tied to this eternal thing. And so I just prayed one day, and I said, Lord, I said, um, wow, many rooms. I'm like reading that, and it just came alive in me. And I said, Lord, would you show me, would you show me your rooms? Show me some of the rooms you're preparing. Show me some of this activity. And um, as I, by faith, am now seated with him in heavenly places, I just, be- I just began to wait on the Lord. And in waiting on the Lord, the, by revelation became manifestation. And I began to, in my, in my heart, in my mind's eye, I just saw it. I, I was in it. I was just in it, whether you call it a vision or whatever you want to call it. I think it's funny because sometimes when we talk about trances and visions and dreams and stuff, some people get a bit freaked out or they wonder if it's a little weird. But if you were to take every supernatural thing that came by vision, by trance, by angelic visitation, by, by, um, by dream, whatever, out of your Bible and rip it out of there, you just have a shell of a book. You know? And so I'm, I'm waiting in the Lord and, and um, I find myself in this hallway and in this hallway... I see it, it's, it's interesting, and this is just my own experience, this is not, you know, um, in the hallway, all I see, they're all, it's a hallway of doors, a hallway of rooms, big brown doors, and um, I could, I'd walk down the hallway, and as I walked down the hall, there'd be a door that would be open, so I'd go into it, I would never open a door, it was just, it would be open to me, you know, and I went in the one, and it was wild, the one room, I went in the one room, and uh, the first, one of the first rooms I was in, I go in there, and it was a room full of clocks. It had clocks all over the walls. It was like, a, I just called it a clock room, you know. Uh, clocks all over the walls. And at the end of the room, there was one clock. It looked like a grandfather clock. And in my head, I, I would just think something, and then he would respond to it. So I said in my head, I said, oh, grandfather clock. And right away, he just said, no, no, it's a father clock. I'm like, oh, okay. All the other clocks were different kinds. Some were mantle clocks. Some were like regular clocks. Some were digital clocks all over the walls. But there's this one at the end. Uh, and it was a, it was like with Roman numerals, that kind of clock. And it looked like a grandfather clock, but it was a father clock. And um, I don't know if you've seen in the movies, you know when they, when everything goes like this? What would happen was, I looked at all the clocks, all the other clocks were on different times and different things like this. And um, as I was, as I looked on the walls, I looked at that clock though, and that clock there was right at 12.12, like right at high noon. And I looked at it and... All of a sudden, I could hear, yes, 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 yes. All these voices saying, yes, yes. And as they said, yes, all the other clocks were drawn to the clock. Like if this clock said yes, or a voice behind it said yes. I know this sounds weird, but just bear with me, okay? Said yes, bam, this clock would come up like this. And as soon as it got to the father clock, boom, it would hit 12, 12. Boom, 12, 12, 12, like the hands at 12 o'clock, right? Boom, both hands at 12 o'clock, or digital is 12, 0, 0. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it was like that, that thing just went like that. The room just kind of shrunk, and it was just me in front of this clock. And I looked at it, and uh, it changed then from a regular clock to a sundial. And he just spoke to my heart, and he said, the only way you're going to be able to tell my time is if you're in the shadow of my wing. Out of intimacy. And I said, what about all these yeses? And then he spoke to my heart, and he said, if... Tell my people that if you, if you give me your yes, 
I will give you my time. And my time is now. There's two kinds of time. There's chronological time. Two Greek words. One's, one's uh, you know, chronos, chronological time, which our life is set up by. But then there's kairos time, which is the appointed time, the now time of God. And it's in that realm. This is in that realm. I am seated with him in heavenly places. He has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Okay? Do you follow what I'm saying? And, and so it was like, as we say yes at this room, at this level, if we say yes at this level, I give you my yes, God, for whatever it is, calling, for future, for decisions, for by faith, this or that. He said, if, if they give me their yes, I will give them my time. And we've seen it now. I just started sharing that. We've seen it over and over again. Like, I mean over and over again. I could tell you testimony after testimony of people who just put their faith and their yes behind what God said. And Kairos time is different than Kronos time because with Kairos time, it's a now thing. What in the natural should take months now just takes days. Bam. What, what should take years happens in a month. Like, it's just like, it's just the way it is. It's an appointed time. There were other rooms. There was, there was one, one room. It was a cloak room, and, and it, was a, it was a cloak room, and there were all these different kinds of cloaks and mantles and everything else. And um, I, I, I said, what's this? And he said, these are callings. This is, this is authority that I've got for people. And, and just it's waiting. It's waiting here. And then uh, the, we have, a, we have a, a prophet on staff with us. His name's Keith. He's 66, just a dear man of God and awesome guy. He's British, so I mean, I could sit and listen to him for hours. I mean, I could listen to you for hours too with the Irish accent. I love accents like that. And anyway, um, and uh, Keith and I began passing out these mantles, and it was wild because we we uh, it would from the mantle room came the mantle, and we stood in front of the people. This is in vision as well, and we passed these mantles out. But it was really funny because the mantle was so much bigger than every person. It was like taking a pair of shoulder pads from a lineman and putting them in the NFL and putting them on, on a little kid, you know, like on Micah, like dropping those on Mike, you know. It would be like, what? But what would happen, as soon as the mantle would hit the person, boom, the person would fill the mantle. Okay, so what that tells me is God has callings and, and mantles. He has callings and giftings for us to possess and we're not going to grow, uh, you know, he's not going to wait until we're ready to fit the mantle. But, or, or, or the man, he's not going to, sorry, rather, shrink the mantle to fit you where you at, and then it's all going to stretch together. No, 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 no. He's actually going to fit you to the mantle. That's a different thing. But when we say yes to our calling, there's a mantle released, there's, a, there's a, an authority released, heaven backing you that is bigger than you are, you know. Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, when they asked him about how he does what he does, and he says, I know that I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. So when God reveals something to me, I just go ahead and do it. Okay, let's keep trucking. Calling, inheritance, our connection, and then the power there, resurrections, okay? This is awesome. The, the power, you know, power to raise the dead, power, power, power. Um, spirit of revelation closes the gap from what we know to what we experience. It's by that that we do that. If you go with me to John chapter, you can look at it. Jesus is modeling this, okay? The first few chapters of John. I think this is wild. Um, John chapter 2. 
Actually, <laughs> let me see here. Hang on a second. Well, in John chapter 1. No, let's go to John chapter 1. Again, the next day, verse 35. John uh, was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked as Jesus walked along. He has walked along and said, look, there's the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God. Isn't that wild? Jesus has been pre- or John has been preaching, teaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent, repent, repent. There's one that's coming, sandals I'm not fit to untie, and he'll, re- he'll, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going on and he's talking about this stuff, and he says, repent, repent, repent. And then Jesus comes along and says, oh, there's the Lamb of God. Or, or John, Jesus comes along and John says, oh, behold the Lamb of God. It was revealed to him by revelation. The Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And so he says this. And um, Jesus turned and he saw them following him. He said, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said, come and see. So they went to where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about the 10th hour, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And the one who had heard what John said followed Jesus. It was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first brought out his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We found the Messiah, Christ the Anointed One. Andrew led and brought him, Simon, to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You're Simon, son of John. You should be called Cephas, which is translated Peter or Rock. See this? He saw by revelation. He just saw him. He walked up by revelation. He said, Oh, yeah, you're Simon, you know, Barjona. You're Simon, son of John. That's who you are. But you're going to be this, you know. The next day, Jesus... um, decided to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And he said to him, come and join me and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the same city as Andrew and Peter. Verse 45, this is funny. Philip sought and found Nathanael and told him, we found the Messiah, the one Moses and the law and the prophets wrote about, Jesus from Nazareth, the legal son of Joseph. And Nathanael answered him, can anything good come out of Cold Lake? And he answered him, can anything good come out of Star City? I'm from Star City, Saskatchewan, okay? Does anybody know where Star City is? You do? How do you know? Come on. That's amazing. I love it up there. I love it. I mean, I love the, but, but the fact of the matter is, it's really, to a lot of people, it's the backside of nowhere. You know? It's like people want to get out of there. I, you know what's funny? People say to me, I had, this, I had this lady say to me yesterday, she said, what are you doing in Winnipeg? Why would you want to be in Winnipeg? And I looked at her and I said, why would you want to live in Alberta, in, in Edmonton? Like, why? You know? You can dish it, but you can't take it, you know? The bottom line is, you know why I want to live in Winnipeg? Because I'm called to be there. And I know when I'm called to be somewhere, there's authority that comes behind that. I feel it. I feel the authority. I know it's my city. I go home, it's like, you know, Braveheart, this is my island, you know. <laughs> this is my city. I know that. I've got authority in that city, absolutely, you know. And um, th- that's why I tell people, listen, if you're not called to be here, then get where you're called to be. We're planting a church, and we're trying to make it hard for people to come. We tell them, we straight up, you know, hey, welcome here. We're glad you're here. If you're visiting with us today, we don't want you here unless you're called to be here. We just tell them straight up. That's just that's our model that we feel to do, you know. And so we just say, listen, we're glad you're here. We love you. But if you're not called to be here, we don't want you to be here. So you better get where you're called to be because we don't want you to hold up the plan and purpose of God for us and for you. So get where you're called to be, right? So anyway, um, so you keep on reading. And he says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip replied, come and see. So Jesus saw, somebody say saw. He saw Nathaniel. 
and he said, coming toward him, and he said concerning him, See, there's a true Israelite indeed, a man in whom there's no guile or no falsehood or no deceit. And Nathaniel says, Well, who do you who do you who are you to know to say this about me? Like, how can you say that? And Jesus says, Actually, Nathaniel, before I saw you, I saw you. You know? Before I saw you, actually I saw you before, while you were still under the fig tree. Whoa, Jesus, you're tripping me out now. Oh, there it is there. How could it be? How could it be that, that you saw me before you saw me? Because the fig tree's not ready. I came from distant. Like, what are you talking about? And then he goes, truly, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. Jesus looks at him and said, are you kidding me? Why are you saying I'm the Messiah? Just because I told you I saw you before I saw you. I'm going to show you greater things than this. Actually, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And he's like, whoa. It was such a big deal because what he was doing was he was demonstrating and talking about... See, these guys knew Genesis 28, Jacob's ladder, when he rested on the rock and he saw the ladder set up from heaven to earth, angels ascending and descending. Do you know the story, right? While While he rested on the rock, while he rested on the rock, while he rested on the rock, the spirit of revelation came to him and he showed him what was happening. It was a prophetic picture of what Jesus was going to do and who Jesus was. Okay? He was resting on the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Christ is my rock. Christ is my firm foundation. When I rest in Christ, when I rest in intimacy with God, what happens is, I can see what he sees, I can do what he does, and I can say what he says. While he was resting on the rock, he saw this happening, and he saw a synchronization of heaven and earth. It was like angels going up and coming down and going up and coming down. And he woke up out of it, and he said, whoa, he said, surely God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. But while I rested on the rock, I knew it. That's why the spirit of revelation is so key for our lives. You go through life. Lord, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. When I work, God, just show me what you're showing, what, you, what you're doing. Carry on. I know we could camp here all night, but we're not. Well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me encourage you, and then uh, we'll wrap up. And I'd like to minister to whoever wants some ministry tonight, too. Um, this is neat, though. And so he said, you're going to see heaven open and the Son of Man, uh, angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In other words, it's through me that you'll be able to synchronize heaven and earth. You'll be able to synchronize eternal and temporal. It's through me. I'll give you access to synchronize. I'll give you access. He said, later he said to Peter, he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, if it exists in heaven, if it's loosed in heaven, I'll give you the authority to loose it in the earth. And if it's bound, if it's not lawfully permitted in heaven... If it's bound in heaven, it shouldn't be bound. It should be bound in earth then, right? So you can bind. So I'm going to give you authority to synchronize heaven and earth by the spirit of revelation. So we carry on there in chapter 3. I love this. He comes in to, um, uh, to John, and they're talking about um, being born again. Or to Nicodemus, sorry. Comes to Nicodemus, and he says, you're not going to be able to do these miracles unless God's with him. And Jesus said, I'll tell you, you must be born again. Unless a person is born again, he can never see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again when he's old? Like He automatically went to the natural, his mind, you know. He pictured that. Think about that. I think that's funny. Just think about that. He's like, 
what? I, how am I going to, like, how am I going to accomplish that? How am I going to get there and get born again? Like, that is whack, dude. That is just twisted, okay? How is that going to happen? You see how big I am? I mean, maybe he was a little guy, but still, an adult? Are you kidding me? And then he goes on and he goes into it and describes it a little more. And then this is really cool. Verse number 13 of chapter, th- uh, chapter 3 of John. He says, well, in verse 12, he says, I've told you these things that happen right here on earth and you don't believe me. How can you believe me if I tell you of heavenly things? And yet there is no one who's ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man who dwells in heaven. (laughs) There it is there. And no one has ascended up to heaven, but there is one, he's talking about himself, the Son of Man that came down from heaven, the Son of Man, which is in heaven or dwells in heaven. You see what he's saying there? He's saying, guys, I'm here on earth, but I'm actually in heaven. I'm on earth, I'm in heaven. I dwell in heaven, I, I, I operate on earth. You follow what I'm saying? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's how close it is. That's how, that's how close it is. By faith, in Jesus' name, it's that close. But when we, when we get buying into lies of, you know, well, you did this, and you're no good at that, and you're this, and you're that, and we partner with the enemy, it takes away our position of authority from who we really are and where we really are seated. He's trying to get you off that seat in heavenly places. He's trying to bump you off. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to close this with this, this story. Jesus modeled it what it meant to, to live under this spirit of revelation, the Holy Spirit. This is li- really what this whole thing is, is living a spirit-led life. That's what it is. It's by revelation. Um, we were on this trip to, um, uh, I guess I'll leave over here. That'll go there. This trip to, we went to Moldova. It's the poorest nation in Europe, European nation right in the center of Europe. And um, it's also the number two, either behind, is it Thailand or... Cambodia or wherever for sex trafficking in the world and uh, um, 85 and, and there are a lot of orphans there and so we went over to, to look at these orphanages and see about partnering getting behind these ministry and, and, and funding and that kind of thing so we're over in Moldova we're on this airplane and um, my, my good friend business partner at the time uh, on every flight he got seat number 11 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, all the way over, okay? Every, every flight, all the way from Winnipeg, Toronto, Toronto, London, London, Vienna, Vienna, uh, Bucharest, Bucharest, like just every flight. It was ridiculous, eh? So we're going to um, get on this flight, and um, maybe you'll meet him someday. He's a real funny guy. <laughs> he, uh, he, when he talks, he's only got one volume. Okay, so on an airplane, it's like one volume, the whole plane hears him. So, so anyway, so we're sitting there, and he, I'm a few seats back from him, and he's up there. And he's, I see him talking to this guy. It's this guy uh, um, talking to this guy. He's, all of a sudden, he's just into it. He's just into the gospel, and he's into the story of how God reveals things. And all we want to do is live by revelation, and like he's just preaching to this guy, you know, and and then, and then he starts prophesying, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and like he's just sharing it all. I'm like, oh, Father in heaven. I'm, I'm like, Lord, like seriously, like the whole plane can hear this. Like we had a team of, uh, I don't know, there might have been 20 on that flight or something. from The whole team heard the story. I mean, everyone, you know. 
And uh, anyway, so all of a sudden I look up. I was almost going to go up and interrupt them and say, hey, I want you to, you know, hey, maybe just give them a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like tone it down a bit. And uh, I leaned up to go and see, and I look, and here's this guy uh, looking across from him, and he's got tears in his eyes. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just leave this alone, you know. Sorry, Lord. A <laughs> little bit of flesh there. I said to him, I go, um, uh, so afterwards, and get off the plane, and Justin walks up, we're going through customs, and he goes, well, you'll never guess who that was. And I said, oh, who was that? He was, he was the assistant to the king of Oman. And I go, um, I go, really? He goes, yeah, and, and he starts telling this story. And I'm like, this is just too whacked, you know. But at that moment in time, uh, well, let me back up the bus a little bit. While we were praying, probably about a year and a half before that, we were praying, and I just said to Justin, I saw in my mind's eye, by revelation, I saw a road in the Middle East. And on this road, you could see the mountains in the, di- in the distance, but the road ran uh, north and south. And um, I see this road in my mind's eye, and I just said to him, I said, hey, God's going to take us to the Middle East. And uh, I just felt the Lord reveal that to me. I said, I don't know what for, if it's business or ministry or what, but it's all ministry. And so anyway, so that was a year and a half before. And then, so then when he said, from Oman, blah, 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 I'm like, oh. I said, hey, remember that vision I had, you know? And he goes, yeah, totally. So long story short, this guy says, yeah. He said, because um, uh, Justin prophesied over this guy on the plane read his mail and and really spoke the word of the Lord to him. Time goes by. We get home. And um, see, you have to contend for words spoken over you. Did you realize that? Matthew talks about the sower and the seed. And some seed is sown. And there's some sown on rocky soil. And um, it's like the, the enemy tries to steal there's rocky soil, there's thorny soil, the birds of the air come, and so it talks about the cares of the world, it talks about this, but it says that there's a war that's waged against the word, and when that war is waged, if you don't fight with the word against the war, what's warring against it, what'll happen is it'll be taken from you. Now it's wild because it also says there, I need to mention this, because some people get discouraged because what happens is God will reveal something to them, and the seed of the kingdom comes in, and it's like a dream, a plan, a prophetic word, whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it drops in there like that. And then it says, but it doesn't really take root, okay, an understanding. And that word means to assimilate with the five senses, okay. It means revelation is what it means. So you hear about it, you know it, and it's dropped in there. But, and then the enemy comes, birds of the air come and take the seed. And when that happens, it says, it says it takes, it takes the seed from their heart, okay. So what it is is it's taken from your heart, but it's still in your mind. That's where things get really, really religious. The Pharisees had this happen. They didn't understand the kingdom. How could you be so dull, he said, Jesus would say, like, how so dull? You know, in hearing you don't hear and seeing you don't see. You know all about it, but you don't know it, right? And so you get religious when you know it here, but you don't have it here. Anyway, so, but you've got to wage war against these things these battle against these words, you know. Anyway, so here we are. Um, the Lord spoke, and he said, you know, he said, I'm going to open a door in Oman. And so I texted Justin that night, and I said, hey, and this now, now fast forward, this is months after the airplane, okay? So I texted him, I said, hey, I said, the Lord just spoke to my heart. We're going to disciple nations. We're called the disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations or all people groups, you know. I said, I'm believing for nations, um, so I'm believing for the nation of Oman. I feel it's a word from the Lord. 
So type that in there, send them the text, bam. And I said, it's going to open up. The door is going to open up. Uh, the next day, we're in a meeting. And as we're sitting in the meeting, Justin's phone starts vibrating. And so he looks at it and slides it open like this. And it's an email from the guy who he was sitting with on the plane. And it says, His Excellency requests a meeting with you. I'm like, isn't that interesting? Ask God for that. Ask God for a total baptism of the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth, revelation. Lord, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of you, it's not, and then it goes on. So it goes through all those things, hope and inheritance and calling and, 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 uh, and, and power. But then it goes on to that last one where it says he's seated high above every principality, power, ruler in this age and in the age to come. It goes to a level of influence. And I'll tell you what, if you want to see revival in Cold Lake, I don't believe it's going to come just through another physical healing or another good shikaboomba. Although I love healings and I love shikaboombas, okay? You follow what I'm saying? It's going to come when we answer our call and we take our place and we stand in that by revelation, the hope to which he's called us, the authority that comes with that, and then it goes to a place of influence. He wants to take you from power to influence. He really does. He doesn't want you just to know the surpassing greatness of his power he doesn't want you just to know of that. He wants you, that's part of it, but he wants it to go from there to a place of influence. God's calling his people to influence. We can have, we're going to have, don't get me wrong, we're going to have signs, wonders, healings, miracles, all that stuff. It's all part of the package. But I'm telling you, it's, I personally believe, you can take it or leave it, I personally believe that we're not going to see the kingdom influence in our city, in our region, and see his kingdom expanded just by singing another song. Although I love to sing song, I love to worship, I love intimacy, I love all that stuff, okay? So let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that the light would come on to the hope to which you've called us and the glorious inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness that was demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him high above all rule, all authority, that place of influence. And Lord, I pray that over your kids here that you would absolutely just shift things. People would answer calls. People would answer their call. People would, would ask you for revelation on things. That they'd walk by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That, that you would reveal yourself. That you would reveal absolutely things that you have in store. Mm-hmm. That we would know you more. That we would know you more. That was his prayer. Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowledge of you. That we would know you more. I believe, God, you're, you're coming back for a bride whose, whose body is in proportion to her head. So you're, you're, you're the head of the church, and we're your body, God. We need to walk by revelation, get to the point where we're actually, we, we look like we're supposed to look. We be who we are. 
Come, Holy Spirit, just release revelation. For some, it might be identity. For some, it might be calling. For some, it might be um, specific situations. But it's you, Holy Spirit. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.